a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The work at the Salt Lake Temple is showing progress. It's the house of the Lord and he's watching us. And that's comforting. This is a one-hour special. Renovating a Pioneer Temple. We take you on a very special behind-the-scenes look at the renovation. Plus, a peek at the new Temple Square. Our host is Mary Richards on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's been 21 months since the renovation began on the Salt Lake Temple, and this incredible, huge project is moving along in every way toward connecting the past with the present and then the present with the future. I met Andy Kirby on Temple Square. He's the director of historic temple renovations for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We spoke on the east side of the Salt Lake Temple, looking right into the work. It'd be great to talk about the historic foundation of the temple. So it's exposed right now. So that's, that's beautiful, uh, you know, 18, 1850s uh, work right down there. So are we looking at areas where, you know, that story that we all learned, where they covered this all up? Yes. Imagine the ground we're standing on continues over there. So the ground around the temple used to be up, up in that area. We've exposed about 16 feet of the historic foundation of the temple. So... The top part is made of granite, and the bottom part is uh, made from quartzite sandstone from Red Butte Canyon. Oh, really? Yeah. And so what you're seeing there, it's, it's kind of like a pyramid shape. That's the original foundation and footing that they built in the 1850s. So they started the, the uh, cornerstone, uh, groundbreaking cornerstone ceremony was February of 1853, and the, uh, the Utah War was uh, 1857-58, so they would have covered that area up, the, the pyramid section, and they made this area look like a plowed field. Right. Uh, and then when they came back, they, they saw there were problems with the foundation. What we see there is that it's still sandstone. It's still that quartzitic sandstone. I've heard many people tell me, well, they replaced it with granite, but that sandstone's still there, right? Okay. So we can see it there. But what we do know is they improved the masonry. So you can see from about the top of the pyramid uh, up, the quality of the masonry is significantly different. So I think Truman Angel and uh, Wilford Woodruff, who would have been project manager of construction, the quality control of the masonry changed from that point on. And so we've now exposed that beautiful work. That foundation stood for 168 years and it's performed beautifully. And to me, it's a, a great, uh, it's, it's beautiful to look at because I think of the struggle that they were going through during the years that they constructed that. So they're defending their rights. Uh, they are uh, trying to tame the wilderness. They're struggling for survival crickets eating their grain. I can't imagine the fear that that would cause if my grain was being eaten uh, by crickets and I live hundreds or thousands of miles from civilization. So that, that represents a time of great struggle and sacrifice. And to see that they did work like this during those types of times shows how committed they were to building a temple. 
I see a, a spiritual lesson in there from that when you see this quality of work and that commitment they had to it. What does that teach you about their commitment to building a, bu a building that would last for so long? And then your thoughts on how that is for today in the importance of making this last even longer. Yeah, so it's it's a, a great foundation. They did beautiful work and uh, it performed well for the temple through all those years. And it, it shows that uh, the foundation was very important to them. So they improved its quality and then moved on with building the temple. And now we have the opportunity to add our technology and expertise to strengthen that foundation that they built so that it can uh, perform many, many years into the future. The purpose of the temple is for people to come to the temple and to uh, receive ordinances and to uh, make covenants with Heavenly Father. This activity that we're doing will help preserve that potential and ability many, many, many years into the future. So I, I like to think of where we're holding hands with the pioneer uh, constructors and uh, we're uh, taking what they did and we're uh, trying to improve on, onto it with the technology we have. Can you imagine what they would have thought seeing a giant crane like we have here or a, a diesel a diesel truck or even a concrete machine, right? They had to make their mortar by hand. They had to burn the, the lime and mix it with sand by themselves. And that's, that's uh, beautiful that they put that type of sacrifice and that effort. We now have a lot, uh, a lot greater technology and we can add to their work and strengthen the temple for many, many years into the future. You make me feel... Um more grateful for our timeline. So when President Nelson announced it, I remember thinking, that's so long to be without the temple, but actually that doing all of this work to it? Yeah, the, uh, the uh, work that we're doing for the temple is uh, very difficult. We've been working for, uh, let's see, about 21 months now in construction. And most of the work we have done right now is preparation to build the new foundation. So we're now beginning that foundation work. So it's a significant amount of work in uh, demolition, removing old things, and preparing, shoring, and excavating all around the temple to prepare for the strengthening of the foundation work that still will progress for another two years to come just for the strengthening of the foundation alone. Is there another spot you want to show us? Let's talk about this. Yeah. This is one of my favorite symbols on the temple. Can you see in the center, uh, there's a, an arched window. It's a, uh, above us about 30 feet. And at the top of that arch, there is a stone carving with a handshake in it. It's called the Hand of Fellowship. It's a simple handshake. That, to me, is a beautiful symbol on the temple. So it represents uh, making covenant or a commitment to God. But to me, it also represents fellowship, right? Working together. I think it's beautiful to make that a symbol of our working on the temple as same as the original constructor. So we're, we're in a fellowship with them to bring the house of the Lord to the people. And that's beautiful. It, it, also, it also is a symbol to me of being lifted up by God, which is why we go to the temple, right? And I, I love that symbol. That's one of my favorite symbols on the temple. This temple is changing to be able to withstand earthquakes. Coming up next, a detailed look at the seismic upgrades from the very top of the spires to well below the ground. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, 
we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The work at the Salt Lake Temple is showing progress. It's the house of the Lord and he's watching us. And that's comforting. This is a one-hour special. Renovating a Pioneer Temple. We take you on a very special behind-the-scenes look at the renovation. Plus, a peek at the new Temple Square. Our host is Mary Richards. We are on Temple Square with a close-up view of all the changes to the 128-year-old Salt Lake Temple. The Director of Historic Temple Renovations for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Andy Kirby, showed me up close the massive upgrades to the building to get it seismically sound in case of an earthquake. The uh, seismic upgrade of the temple is a significant engineering construction feat. So... For the past uh, year or so, we have been uh, preparing to excavate down below the historic footing of the temple. And right here you see an excavation that's about uh, eight feet below the bottom of the historic foundation. And uh, to do that, we had to build a retaining wall around the perimeter of the historic foundation. Can you see those soldier piles? They're steel beams uh, going up and down vertically. Yeah. That's a secant retaining wall that's made of concrete and giant steel I-beams. And it holds the soil and the temple up and back while we excavate down uh, around the temple. The process that we're going through right now is we're inserting four-foot diameter steel pipes underneath the historic footing of the temple. You can see here there are two completed now. We will do 92 of these pipe beams all the way around the perimeter. The beams that we insert underneath the towers or the, the steeples on the east or west sides are 40 feet long. So that, uh, the pipe you see there has been excavated and pushed through the hole 40 feet and the other end of it is inside the basement of the temple, exposed there too. Wow. That's a significant task. To do these, we hand dug them. So we had a person at the end of the pipe digging and putting the rock and soil and sand and gravel into a mining car and pulling the soil out. And then we push the pipe in further. This is almost pioneer-like. <laughs> that is, that isn't it? Is. Just the care and, and the caution. To me, that just really shows how crucial this work is to be so careful about it, to make it last and be seismically sound for so long. It is. Yeah. Those are uh, one-inch thick four-foot diameter steel pipes, 40 feet long, and you see now they've inserted a cage of reinforcement or rebar into that pipe, and then we will fill the pipe with concrete. So it will be a reinforced concrete beam with a steel casing around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then we line a bunch of them up next to each other. So the whole thing acts as a beam to hold up the, the temple towers. Wonderful. And with them digging down that deep, it looks very tall. <laughs> the temple looks even taller than I remember because of looking at the, of how deeply they've dug down here to get all this work done. It's surrounded by a lot of scaffolding now. So uh, we've been talking a lot about the work here down in the ground. 
when does work start to go up the sides and top and um, we're, towers? We're, all, and... we're already working on top of the temple. We have been installing scaffolding for a long time. Uh, it's been a little bit slow because we, we can't install scaffolding at the same time someone is working below because they could accidentally drop a, a pipe or something and hit somebody. So we've been running different shifts to install scaffolding, but now we're about complete with our scaffolding. Uh, the purpose of the scaffolding is so we can access the whole perimeter outside of the temple. Uh, we will repair the stone. We will repoint the mortar between the stones. Uh, we will repair the windows and install new windows that will be better for thermal protection and also sound resistance. Uh, we're also working on top of the temple right now and we're removing stones. So we're going to be removing a lot of stones over the next year, and we will put those stones back on, but we will put them back on with steel pins and steel frame systems so that it holds the top of the temple together better. We're also going to be tying the top of the temple to the bottom of the temples. So we'll be drilling through that stone and inserting a large cable in several places and post-tensioning it. So we tie the top to the bottom, and that makes the temple more rigid. So uh, it's a non-reinforced stone structure. We're going to be adding a lot of reinforcement to it. Over the past several months through the summer, we've been adding steel trusses to the roof of the temple. The original temple, roof and attic, had steel trusses in them. You can see, uh, I think it's Bethlehem steel markings on them. Uh, so they came across the railroad from Pennsylvania, and they were part of the original construction. Uh, we are uh, sistering new giant trusses next to those historic trusses uh, all throughout the roof and so that that roof will be a, a strong diaphragm to tie the towers together so that they don't move as much and the walls together and then we tie that diaphragm down to the new foundation of the temple so the temple itself will be more rigid in an earthquake and then we base isolate the bottom so we separate it from the earth so when an earthquake happens the temple moves less while the ground moves. It'll be all connected together. I was reading about the trusses too, or the trusses. They're huge, 35,000 pounds, 90 feet long. And this is an interesting point about how you're doing it so carefully. You're not gonna open the whole structure at once and just put them all in, but you're still working on keeping that historic part of it there as well. Yeah, so we've opened one bay of trusses at a time. There are eight bays across the roof of the temple. Uh, we've completed bay uh, one, two, three, eight, and we're in, working in seven. And so through this fall, we will finish uh, uh, six, five, and four. And so we open one bay at a time, and uh, we're very careful about protecting the finishes below. So below that truss is the ceiling of the large assembly room in the top of the temple. And those uh, plaster finishes, are we've got to keep them protected. So uh, we do it a small area at a time. We have a uh, literally a swimming pool cover type of a mechanism. So if it rains, they can pull that out and protect the opening from rain. And so they, they came up with the swimming pool idea and they, they fly it up with the tower crane, put it up there and they can cover a hole if they need to quickly. We also watch the weather really closely and we don't, we don't open it up when it's going to rain. <laughs> I'm sure you watch the weather very carefully for every part of this project. Yeah. We do. Every day I get a report from the contractor of the expected percent precipitation. Next, walking through the displays of the artifacts that were removed from the temple for the renovation and hear more details of the expansion on the north side with how much more capacity the temple will get when it's finished.
the work at the Salt Lake Temple is showing progress. It's the house of the Lord and he's watching us. And that's comforting. This is a one-hour special. Renovating a Pioneer Temple. We take you on a very special behind-the-scenes look at the renovation. Plus, a peek at the new Temple Square. Our host is Mary Richards on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are now in the conference center across the street to the north from the Salt Lake Temple. The manager of Temple Visitor Centers for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Ben Metcalf, spoke to me by the Christus statue with the fountain's noise in the background. With the announcement of the Salt Lake Temple renovation, there was, a, of course, a lot of changes with the, the visitor experience with demolition of the South Visitor Center, the announcement of the demolition of the North Visitor Center. Where are we going to put guests? Where are we going to invite them and welcome them to the square? I was decided it would be here as the primary venue. This conference center experience is the primary venue for guest experience. And then we really try to build off of the traditions of what we had before. So we have this wonderful Krista statue here like we had at the North Visitor Center. Other experiences emphasizing the history of Salt Lake City and Temple Square. So it'll be new, but you'll still feel, I think, the, maybe the tradition and the core principles that created memories, you know, in these other spaces. Let's talk about the future then of the Temple Square visitor experience. What will it look like then? You know, there's still a lot of uh, things that are being decided, but I can share what we do know at this point, which is the area south of the temple. We have announced that there will be some visitor facilities, some guest buildings south of the temple, pavilions that will help guests have a great experience, learn more about the temple and our belief in in Jesus Christ. So that's going to be an important part of what happens after the dedication of the temple. In addition, the North Visitor Center, once that is demolished, it will be replaced with gardens and contemplative space. You know, my wife, she was a secretary for the church a few years ago and, and loved it. And one thing she would do during her lunch breaks was go and sit down and look at the temple, you know, and have this moment of meditation and prayer. And uh, that was when our family was really, I mean, we're still a young family, but that was when we were really young. She got inspiration and, and guidance from God in those moments that have really blessed our, our entire family. Now, I say that experience to say that desire of my wife to see the temple and have that clear premier view of the Salt Lake Temple, that's not isolated to her. We, we know from our experience working with guests that they want that, and they, frankly, they want more of it. They want to see the temple. And that's true of people of our faith and those not of our faith. So while I have made really meaningful memories in the North Visitor Center and we're sad to see that building uh, go, we're also equally excited about what I think will come in its place, which is a space where people can have a direct and clear view of the Salt Lake Temple and feel really the spirit of Temple Square that focus back on Christ, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can see it even now, you know, with this conference center experience. We have, of course, the Christus statue at the center point of the building and the guest experience. But the Savior is not just here. He's throughout the building. One of my favorite spots at the conference center is on this balcony level. We have some more contemporary sacred artwork of Jesus Christ. So there, there's, we're trying to be more clear and overt that we follow Jesus Christ. I think President Nelson said it really well in the announcement of the renovation. We really want, he said, we want to highlight and emphasize that we are followers of Jesus Christ so that there's no misunderstanding about who we believe and also provides opportunities for 
people to strengthen their faith in him, right? Right. This is an altar taken again from the temple. Uh, all these artifacts that you see on display as they're renovating, they'll uh, work with church history to essentially preserve certain artifacts. And then we get lucky sometimes and they'll say, let's put it on display. So this is one of them, uh, an altar that is used for prayer in the temple. Over here, yep, we've got the, the doorknob that uh, this is pretty historic and well-known that has the beehive etching on it. Again, uh, all this just taken right over. And brought here. And I'm sure it's a thing to ask um, a church historian, but for years you don't enter the temple through the doorknob. Right, <laughs> it's right. amazing, but you don't just turn it and walk in. Yep. So tell me about what it's like to have these kinds of things for people to see here. Yeah, people love it. You know, in talking with the sister missionaries, they get that question so often. What happens inside? What are those oxen? Why can't I go inside? You know, these resources, having things from inside the temple, having a cutaway model of the temple really takes the secretive, mysterious nature out of the equation and, and replaces it with transparency. You know, this is, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And here are some actual pieces of the temple that you can see and get up close and personal with. I love that. And they can answer any of those questions, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. The cutaway model is, we know, a guest favorite. That was in, was that the South? It was, yep. Yeah. It was previously in the South Visitor Center and then brought over here. What I love about it in this location, you can look at the temple, really get a great view of it, and then turn around and see what, what happens inside. On the roof of the conference center, we look down across the street onto the construction site. This is quite the view. Quite the view, yeah. You can see the big, big giant pit that they've, they've dug. Of course, going to going to dig down and then reinforce and strengthen the foundation. In fact, we at the film that we show at the conference center, it tells a little bit about that. The experts speak to that in the film about that uh, earthquake proofing that we're, we're seeking to do for the Salt Lake Temple. I mean, it's an engineering marvel. They're you know, putting in these giant plates that will help strengthen the foundation of this temple in the case of an earthquake. So pretty cool, pretty remarkable. And and it's fun to just kind of watch it unfold right right there. So people can come up self-guided too. This doesn't have to be with a tour. And that's the whole conference center experience is you can have a tour or be self-guided. We know that that's something guests want. You know, they want that flexibility and we give it to them. Yeah. So you talk with the sisters or not, we give that flexibility hands down. What kind of changes and things do you look for? Well, it was, it was kind of fun. You know, we were all here doing virtual tours when it was closed to the public. So we did have a little bit of a sneak peek of, of what to see because that was when um, you know, they did tear down that building north of, of the temple and that was quite a, a, a job and then seeing them dig has been really, really fun to watch and it just kind of gets louder, <laughs> you know, as they dig deeper, the noise, uh, it just, it gets louder. Thankfully, you know, it doesn't detract, I don't think, from the guest experience, but it, it does show, wow, they are, they are going deep, you know, uh, which has been fun to watch. I think it would add to the experience. I think so too. It's kind of messy and fun. And yeah, it's you fun see, to see. You see yeah. the hard work involved, uh -huh. uh -huh. the big trucks. Maybe because we're both parents of boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my youngest son would point out those trucks in a heartbeat. So, yeah. <laughs> I knew the temple was huge, but from this, you see the little teeny construction workers. Yeah. You know, it, it is fun to, like I said, this, uh, oh, and it's loud. I should mention that. <laughs> it's incredibly loud. But uh, I should, you know, this is a great view and and I think it's a must-see, but it is fun to go down to ground level and get that perspective, and like you said, see, wow, that's a, that is no small hole. That thing is, is huge. They're doing so much. 
several levels, as you can see, deep. Let's go back down to ground level and talk again with Andy Kirby, the director of Historic Temple Renovations for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We walked over to see the north side of the Salt Lake Temple. This is a big hole. Talk yes, about yeah. the size of this work over here. We have, uh, since the end of 2019, decommissioned the building, so that's removed the furnishings uh, out of the building. And we have also abated the hazardous materials like lead and asbestos and demolished the north edition of the temple that was built in the 1960s. Uh, the north edition was about a story and a half deep, two stories deep into the ground. We're actually going to be constructing three stories deep into the ground for the new uh, North Temple addition. So we've removed all of that structure, and then we have begun excavating down into the ground. To do the excavation, we have to put shoring around the perimeter of our excavation. Those are soldier piles. It's basically a, an I-beam that we drill down into the ground vertically. And then uh, as we excavate down, we put the, the boards in between each shoring pile. Can you see that over on the wall over there? So they're about eight feet apart, and that's called lagging. It's a, a wooden board, eight feet wide and about 12 inches tall, and they insert the lagging as we excavate down, and that holds the soil back so that the sides of our excavation don't come into our excavation. So we're going to go about 65 feet deep to uh, build the footing of lower level three of the temple. This will just greatly expand the use of the temple as well because you need almost all of that space to accommodate the groups and the session sizes that you hope to accommodate, I guess. That's correct. The First Presidency has asked us to expand the capacity of the Salt Lake Temple. To do that, we have added, added more support to more ordinance space of the temple. For example, there will be two baptistries in this temple in the North Edition. So can you see the tunnel that we've mined underneath North Temple? It goes over to the parking garage of the conference center so that patrons in the future will be able to park in the parking garage of the conference center and walk through that tunnel into the temple. And at that level, which will be lower level two, they'll be able to choose between the east or the west baptistry. And uh, baptistry patrons will have uh, double the capacity of, of a temple here at Salt Lake. The, uh, the capacity of the temple will be increased for ceilings also. Before construction, there were 13 ceiling rooms. And when we're finished, there will be 23 ceiling rooms. Salt Lake Temple is a popular temple for weddings, ceilings. There's often in June on Saturdays and Fridays large crowds of people here, right? So we've planned for that by moving the entry pavilions a little bit further away from the, the temple. So when joyous uh, shouts happen to happen, when brides and grooms come out, they'll be further away from the temple. Uh, and we've prepared two places for that to happen also, so that it can s split that up a little bit to help support the function of those uh, joyous times. There will be five endowment rooms okay. in the temple, and the endowment rooms will uh, have video presentation, uh, and the temple department can broadcast in 80 different languages. So uh, until this time, uh, patrons of the temple had to speak English to come and participate, and so now the temple will be available to people who speak many different languages. That's a big improvement in accessibility to members of the church. The Salt Lake Temple is so beautiful, and uh, patrons who have been here in the past will recognize the Salt Lake Temple when they come back. They'll also see that the new construction that we build will be architecturally appropriate or compatible with the historic temple. So it will feel like one temple with historic finishes, but it's all new.
things. This kind of answers my question I was thinking about when preparing for this was, how will it feel different but the same? So patrons who have been to the uh, Salt Lake Temple and been in the Celestial Room, uh, it's such a unique feeling and spirits and place. That Celestial Room is being preserved. We'll repaint it and, and update the lighting, and so they will feel at home in the Celestial Room like they have before. And the details of the Salt Lake Temple will be preserved, uh, new paint, and you'll, you'll feel like you're in the Salt Lake Temple. Coming up next, how prayer and revelation are guiding this massive project and the planning discussions for what will be a historic open house when this is all done. The work at the Salt Lake Temple is showing progress. It's the house of the Lord and He's watching us. And that's comforting. This is a one-hour special. Renovating a Pioneer Temple. We take you on a very special behind-the-scenes look at the renovation. Plus, a peek at the new Temple Square. Our host is Mary Richards. This fall, all the months of excavation work will be complete and the construction work will begin on the north edition of the Salt Lake Temple. Footings, walls, and more will start building back up. The Director of Historic Temple Renovations for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Andy Kirby, spoke to me more about looking to the future. In the arch above, there's a a stone carving of the all-seeing eye. And so it's the house of the Lord and he's watching us. And that's comforting. We pray for his help in solving very difficult problems. I work in construction and we have construction meetings where we start with prayer and that's pretty rare. And that's exciting to bring the spirit and seeking inspiration from Heavenly Father as we're solving difficult engineering and construction problems. You're working with anything and adjusting as you go and praying for that help. How have you felt blessed during this process, this enormous undertaking? So when we pray for inspiration, we're trying to solve difficult problems every day. In a historic renovation, uh, in construction terms, we call it uh, unforeseen conditions. And uh, we uncover things that we didn't expect. And then we have to adjust uh, designs or construction practices around that. And we, we have had unforeseen conditions. And sometimes they're very difficult to deal with. And we find inspiration from individuals who are on the team great ideas of how to do things, how to improve a process, or how to engineer around a problem. And I believe we're all receiving revelation of engineering skills and ideas. Uh, We're doing things I'm pretty confident have never been done before in this project. And uh, we receive inspiration from God. It's wonderful to work with a, a team that's highly skilled and to solve a difficult problem together. That to me is so much fun. It's very enjoyable to, to uh, be a part of that process and to see inspiration come into ideas and then we take the idea, we make it happen, and we build it, and it works out well. How excited are you to show this off when it's done in the open house and letting people see? Uh, it'll be a, a historic occasion, right? The, uh, the last time there was an open house was in uh, the 1890s, so a rare experience for everyone. That's just special in itself for uh, people to bring their neighbors and friends uh, to see the Salt Lake Temple. And I'm excited for people to have that experience, to, to see the beauty of the Salt Lake Temple that represents sacrifice of the, our pioneer forefathers and mothers, 
and what they put into building a house of the Lord, but also then to see how it's important to us today and to our future generations into the future. I hope they get a, a sense of the spirit of the house of the Lord when they're here. Even during construction, I can feel that spirit. And we talk to workers uh, about, ask them about their experience working on the temple. Some of them have forefathers who worked on the temple, and it's very meaningful to them to be working on it also. Others, uh, maybe not of our faith, who are working on the temple, they can sense the sacred nature of the place, and it's special to them also. And so it brings everybody up with a little bit better intent and action in what we do because we're working on a special place, the House of the Lord. Ben Metcalf, who is the manager of Temple Visitor Centers, has watched this construction from the beginning from across the street. There are so many lessons we learn from this project about strengthening our own foundations and focusing our faith on the Savior. We talked about the blessing for folks to see all of this. What do you hope people come away with feeling from this? Yeah, I think what you mentioned is a big part of it, that, you know, this will kind of be almost a symbol or a metaphor for my personal connection with God and Jesus Christ, that, you know, I see the amount of work <laughs> and attention to detail and the priority this is for the president of the church. I mean, that is remarkable, but that's a lesson for all of us to say, President Nelson's even said it, you know, the way we uh, renovate our homes, you know, our lives, strengthen our foundations of faith through, you know, the small and simple things of prayer and, and study and service. I hope guests walk away inspired in that sense that whether you're of our faith or not, you can walk away from viewing this and talking with us saying, I want to be better. I want, to, I want to have a stronger faith and stronger foundation in my life. Before we know it, it'll all be done and this beautiful building will be ready for the open house. What are your hopes for when it's all done? Come see this conference center, visitor center, come see the new plaza, come see the whole experience? Yeah, I mean, talk about an opportunity, you know. That open house to welcome people from around the world you know, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of hype and a lot of anticipation and excitement about any temple open house, and rightfully so. And I just think, you know, when we're talking about the historic Salt Lake Temple, that will be no different. Uh, it will be uh, something that will bring in so many people from around the world. be a great opportunity for us to welcome and help people learn a little bit more about our faith and, and why we believe what we believe. Are you planning for that now already? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's super preliminary at this point. Uh, you know, we don't not not too many details are pinned down at this point, but we're, you know, we're talking about it. You know, what what would it look like? And our leaders are talking about it. What should this be? Because yeah, we just want to make it the best possible experience. Are you excited to have people see the temple in the, in the open house in the future? Yes, I'm very excited uh, because it will be beautiful. But uh, more importantly, uh, I hope they can get a sense for the purpose of the temple. It's a beautiful temple, and it's a monument to the great sacrifice of people of the past, and our work today ties us to them. But more importantly, we're trying to tie ourselves to the people in the future and, and preserve this temple for their work and their experience in the temple many, many years into the future. And uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, combine the past, the present, and the future together in one building. When you think of the work in the temple, 
in significant ways, it ties the present to the past because we take the names of our ancestors with us into the temple and perform ordinances for them. But also, we're preparing for that activity to happen many, many years into the future. So this is a beautiful symbol of past, present, and future. I'm Mary Richards. My thanks to Andy Kirby and Ben Metcalf from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for this look at the renovation and the future of the Salt Lake Temple. Thank you to Colby Walker and Kellyanne Halverson from KSL News Radio for their help with this production. And thank you for listening. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.